smartcast you are listening to a mint production brought to you by hd smartcast hello and welcome to mint i am nasreen sultana you are listening to all things markets where i speak to experts analyzing the big trends moving the stock markets While fresh slippage has spiked across banks, sluggish disbursement have further resulted in muted trends in loan growth, particularly in retail, showed an analysis of June quarter results. Although deposit growth remains healthy, NII growth has been subdued. Banks are carrying additional provision buffers post June quarter. Adding to that, two big ticket lendings Future Group and Vodafone Idea are threatening to put the banking ecosystem in a jeopardy. So now, what is the outlook for banks and financial services companies going ahead? To understand that, I'm in conversation with Avnish Shukeja, analyst at BNP Paribas. Hi Avnish, welcome to the show. Hi Nasreen, um, thanks for having me on the show and a very good morning to all your audience. So Avnish, uh, first up, let's uh, address the big question. What is your key takeaway after the first uh, quarter earnings of FY22? I'm talking about from the financial and the NBFC side. Yes. So um, with respect to 1Q earnings, uh, most of us, or rather most participants, expected numbers to be impacted with respect to you know, asset quality, growth, or even to an extent of cost to income. That's primarily on account of what we all saw uh, in the June quarter, which is uh, with respect to second wave, partial lockdowns, and uh, even the banks and NBFC employees getting Im- impacted. So collection was uh, uh, not really possible. But if you look at the numbers, uh, so they have disappointed. Uh, having said that, it's not as bad as uh, you know what the street expected. So from a profit perspective, um, on a YOY basis, you're still seeing some growth. On a net interest income perspective, in our coverage newers, they have actually, banks have actually reported 11% uh, growth on a YOY basis. Credit cost, which was a major concern for banks, uh, which is uh, PSU banks and private banks, is actually flat on a QOQ basis. So that's a positive surprise. And having said that, the commentary by the most bank management has been uh, rather bullish. So most of the bank managements have been indicating that there is a strong recovery that is coming through in June, July, and August. So it's actually sustaining. Your collections are back to 95% plus. Your uh, loan growth is back. Demand is back. So when you uh, put all of this uh, in context, so bad numbers is something which was expected. The commentary, the pickup is what was not factored in. So overall, I would say just purely from a 1Q perspective, uh, uh, it was actually better than expected. Uh, Numbers held up. And the commentary was, uh, again, uh, better than expected. So from an outlook perspective, um, uh, outlook on financials remains pretty strong after the 1Q earnings. Okay, so even after Murat was lifted, uh, you don't think that it has hit the asset quality of banks. But if I have to kind of ask you, what uh, between private and uh, PSU banks, do you see any stark difference as far as asset quality goes? 
So broad trends are similar uh, with regards to private banks and public sector banks. Both are talking about, uh, so public sector banks are talking about correction efficiencies in uh, early 90s to mid 90s, whereas private banks are talking about high 90s. Uh, so that that's probably a marginal difference. But uh, uh, if you if you look at NIM expansion, to look at uh, uh, PPOP growth, which is the operating profits, or you look at uh, how the deposit franchise has done, the trends are pretty much similar for both private and public sector bank. Even from a balance sheet perspective, uh, if you look at the coverage ratios for public sector banks, it's actually similar to what private banks have. The only difference uh, right now between public and private banks is um, your excess provisions, which uh, private banks had made last year. So on a private bank's balance sheet, about 50 to 150, 200 basis point of excess provisions are there, which should help in case asset quality uh, worsens from here on. And in case of public sector banks, that number would be around 30 to 80 basis points. Okay, so more cushion and comfort uh, and headroom if ever, if there is uh, more shock or further shock in the economy. That's correct. So, uh, you know, in all the banking result, uh, what is actually leading uh, or driving the revenue growth? Is it uh, the retail uh, banking segment or is it the corporate? So um, it's actually uh, uh, varies uh, from uh, bank to bank. It's it's uh, so in one queue, um, I, I would say for a few private banks, it was mostly the corporate segment. Um, uh, then in case of public sector banks, uh, we actually saw retail also, um, you know, doing well. Uh, I think it's a combination of uh, both. But on a broader level, uh, what actually uh, has driven the earnings is um, your NIM expansion, which uh, was a pleasant surprise. Uh, this is primarily because of lower cost of funds. So that is one thing which has actually um, led the NII uh, stream. Okay. Uh now, if we just uh, you know turn our focus to the microfinance lending, uh, do you see that segment in trouble? Considering that uh, the the lower segment of the economy class had uh, suffered due to the second uh, COVID wave, and especially in the rural uh, area, the demand for loan loan was low, and there were uh, there were pain points in the rural area. So, what about the MFI segment? I actually think MFI segment has struffed with respect to you know all the issues uh, that that were uh, that the sector was witnessing for the last uh, one or two years with respect to um, inability to collect uh, money from the borrowers or uh, you know even from a balance sheet perspective and even uh, uh, so other segments you could actually see growth coming back but given that MFI was still uh, recovering or still the focus was asset quality, you, you actually did not see any uh, major growth uptick in that segment. Um, in our checks uh, that we highlighted earlier this month, uh, well, we believe uh, probably the sector will take three more months uh, for the growth to come back. So it's definitely lagging the other sectors. But uh, uh, incrementally, the data points uh, that you would probably uh, hear uh, with MFI should be positive. Okay, so there are also a bit of concern uh, about a third wave uh, hitting India. And as we speak, uh, some of the Asian countries are already suffering. There are already uh, 
you know lockdowns in uh, many parts of asian region uh, now if that to ha- if that is to happen in india now uh, how much are the banks or the financial in- uh, service industry itself is prepared to kind of face a third wave both in terms of asset quality and also in lending right so uh, one common trend that we are seeing with every successive wave across the globe the magnitude of impact is actually less so i actually think it will not be any different uh, for india uh, even if the third wave comes uh, you would actually see uh, governments uh, being uh, proactive with respect to lockdowns it's not going to be a complete lockdown it's going to be a partial lockdown uh, and if that is the case uh, uh, your collection efforts will not be hampered as significantly as we saw say last year during april may june versus even what we saw this year in the may period Uh, so effectively um, we actually came out with a note uh, just before the second wave uh, as to what the impact would be and in terms of quantifying the impact uh, we assessed that because of loss of growth you could actually see uh, our profits being impacted by about 6 to 10% earlier this year that was uh, the impact for second wave and actually uh, we believe that's actually come through um asset quality uh, minimal impact because of the excess provisions that banks already have on their balance sheet we would actually see them use that provision um uh, if the third wave comes through the impact should be less than 6% which is what we forecasted uh, for the second wave so for third wave the magnitude should be lower than that and uh, at best uh, it should be 6% or less okay all right uh, but uh, as we are assessing the the second wave first impact in the industry uh, there are two big uh, you know issues that have come up one is the vodafone uh, default or uh, the 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 impending uh, issue or and the future retail now these are two big issues and uh, we have no idea how 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 long will it take to kind of uh, make an assessment of the debt situation and find a resolution but at this moment uh, do you think that these are two big cases may kind of end up shaking up the banking industry or the financial services industry as of now right actually um, you know if you look at the financial sector uh, um, in india right now the biggest um, you know positive that has happened uh, to the financial sector is the current corona so if you look at uh, his entire tenure for last one and a half years or slightly more uh, he has focused on just ensuring there is no systemic risk to the sector so in all these on all the several measures that rbi has introduced in last say 18 months or since march 2020 the focus has been ensure in ensuring there's excess uh, there is sufficient liquidity uh, there is uh, uh, no systemic risk which can hamper the growth or recovery in demand or the growth activity and also at the same time uh, there is uh, enough focus on uh, ease of transaction now given that uh, you know these three or four uh, uh, areas which is systemic risk liquidity growth and ease of transaction has been the key focus area for rpi uh, i do believe uh, if the two corporates that you mentioned uh, actually default you could actually see uh, a few measures from rpi uh, which will ensure that the pain uh, is spread over say at least 12 to 24 months 
and uh, thus the impact on say bottom line or the balance sheet of respective banks or nbfcs should be fairly limited okay we'll have to wait and watch uh, how does uh, these two cases pan out but uh, avnish before i let you go one last question uh, is uh, uh, what do you think about uh, you know rbi's monetary policy review that was last uh, week and of course i think there are few signals uh, that uh, probably there could be an interest rate tinkering and most economists are economists are also penciling in an interest rate hike by the end of FY22 or maybe next fiscal itself so uh, we have, we have become very comfortable banks have become very comfortable with a uh, low interest rates as far as their credit growth goes so what do you think uh, if at all there is an inspective and uh, from the borrowers so if you look at uh... RPI, um, even the commentary by the governor, the focus has been in ensuring that uh, growth uh, comes back in the system and uh, that growth remains, um, you know, sustainable, is sustainable for at least a couple of quarters. Uh, with respect to, say, inflation, which is probably going to be the key trigger why RBI would, uh, you know, probably think of increasing interest rate. But inflation is still in that, you know, band RBI tolerant band of four uh, to six percent. Um, I actually uh, do not think uh, there would be uh, a significant tinkering uh, of interest rates or uh, you know increase in interest rates till you see the demand coming back. And if actually demand comes back historically, if you if you look at the past cycles of you know GDP pickup and that interest rate uh, in- increases. Uh, your uh, growth does not really get impacted. Uh, banks' uh, balance sheet does not really get, get impacted if you are seeing enough uh, demand uptake in the system. Um, so the viewers of RBI will probably wait. Uh, uh, I don't. I don't think uh, they're going to do anything uh, anytime soon. Uh, but it, and they will act only if they are confident that uh, demand has come back for good. And if that is the case then the impact on uh, uh, banks or overall economy uh, because of an interest rate hike should be fairly limited. Okay, Avdish, on that note, thanks a lot for speaking to us and sharing your insight. And also, thanks a lot for giving your time. We wish you good health. Thank you. Thanks, Avdish. For feedback, you can write to me at nasreen.s at lifemint.com or you can reach out to me on Twitter at Nasreen Story. You can also reach out to us at HT Smartcast. We are present on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And to listen to more podcasts like this, you need to log on to www.htsmartcast.com. This was a Mint production brought to you by HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast.